0: quick question do you guys already know what the heck it is <laughs> what the heck is it even do they know what it is do you know what it is you obviously do or you wouldn't be here guys this is sex drugs and jesus christ i'm carson
1: i'm drew we're so glad you're listening to us right now you put us in your ears and you're just having a great
0: time we appreciate that we appreciate your ear holes that means a so much to us. So, guys, check this out. Drew's still whispering. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> I have so much to whisper. Guys, check this out. We've talked about sex. Sex. We've talked about Jesus. Jesus. We haven't talked about drugs.
1: What are drugs?
0: Dun, dun, dun. Drew, have you ever done drugs? All the time.
1: Really? I'm doing drugs right now, actually. <laughs>
0: okay, I <know. laughs>
1: But have you actually done any
0: drugs? <laughs> no drugs, man. Ask me about drugs. What counts as drugs? Um, I think drugs are anything that take away your natural stance, I guess, in like life in your head. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. No, pretty, pretty bad. That's pretty scientifical way to put it. Scientifics. But, but still, I think, uh, I think drugs are anything that change your perspective in a, in a heavy way. Yeah. Because obviously I, like, you know, if you're hurt, if you get, if you like fall down, and you break your leg, you might need to take a painkiller or you'll be right. really hurt. But I think that's a little bit different.
1: My short answer is no. Does heroin count? Yes. Then No, I haven't. I haven't okay. taken heroin. Okay. Have me,
0: you taken drugs? Give me a question. Ask me. Ask.
1: Have you taken drugs? Perfect.
0: <laughs> the first
1: one or the second no, one? No,
0: the second one's fine. Okay. No, I have not done drugs. Wow. So here's the thing. We brought in someone who has extreme expertise on the subject. I'm talking heroin. I'm talking peyote. Peyote? That's I'm talking opium. I'm talking yeah, I think that's the same thing. We don't really know. Neither one of us has really dealt with it. So, guys, we want to introduce you. To our very good friend, Mr. Seth Slifer. Make some noise for You're Seth. You have it
1: up for yet. Seth. Yeah. The
0: crowd audience, what's going? Seth. You guys are ridiculous to
2: watch. We do. And I love it.
1: How'd that feel with two people clapping in the room? Man, I
2: pat, <laughs> my, I pat my knee so it felt like a third person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't give to the whole clap, but I was there for half of it. Seth,
0: tell the people a little bit about yourself.
2: Man, um, I am brother-in-law to Carson. That's me. Um, best me. friend ever to Drew. Yes. I guess That's as of like two, <laughs> two whole months I've known these boys.
0: It's cool for me. Anyway.
2: Nah, I've just been uh, walking through a lot of things in life. One of them has been definitely drugs. And so yeah. they asked me to come on. It's just really cool to be able to give insight into something that I feel like a lot of people
0: don't really have insight into. I literally Absolutely. have no clue about Same. drugs. And guys, we're not trying to. We're, we're comedic. And so we make everything funny which might be good. It might be bad. If you can see Carson right
1: now, he's wearing yellow sunglasses.
0: (laughs) He looks like a drug lord from Miami. Here's the thing, guys. So we're not trying to make fun of anything. Mm. Um, We are just always going to be on the funnier side. At least we think so. That's the reason we brought Seth on is because he actually has been through this. He struggled with it. He's came out of it, and he knows what it's actually like. So that's just the disclaimer for the whole episode. We don't want anybody to get offended and think that we don't take it seriously. We don't understand this. We're just always going to come from a funny side of things. Yeah, that's fair. So anyways, with that being said, Seth, when did you start getting into drugs? Man, I remember I was
2: 15 and chilling in the basement with some of my friends, and it was the first time I had ever encountered weed at all. I was raised in like a super conservative home and like maybe my dad did it in high school my mom never really had a piece of it none of our friends or like family ever talked about it because we were always in the church and i remember sitting in the basement and they were all smoking weed and i didn't want to do it because i was a good boy at the time and their parents started coming down the stairs oh, and man. we were flipping we were hiding we were stashing and only Those to all pre- sound like very cool terms. It's like drug
1: terms. Yeah, we're flipping, Hiding,
2: we're stashing, stashing, flapping, flapping.
0: That sounds cool. I like rearranging. Really? Keep going.
2: Scooping. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and so we're just trying to hide every single bit of evidence, only for uh, the dad's girlfriend at the time to come down and yell at us for not sharing.
0: What? what? Yeah. Wow. So
2: you're in this like concept of like I'm about to be in trouble. And so the rest of the night was just like smoking weed with their dad and hanging what was that like growing up in a christian home for you was that weird i mean that it was that obviously super was crazy, weird because right? it's one of those things where like i would have never let my dad know i was doing those things yeah but it's like all of a sudden i'm like oh, this person's dad is coming down and like i'm about to get just roasted entirely i'm never gonna hang out with them again my parents are gonna figure out i'm gonna lose my friends i had only to have them endorse the behavior yeah. in the world just and for like one weed trade. all you gotta do is smoke a weed That's smoke it. a one single weed we were injecting <laughs> weed right then but <laughs> i didn't know you can inject
1: weed can you uh no not it? at all you can't do no no, no no you, you can, always... can
0: just, yeah y'all never heard i have these yellow shades on for a reason i know what i'm talking about you know everything i do that is a crazy experience because like I've never been anywhere close into a place like an environment. Like I mean, I've been like when I was in a band, I was on tour and there were drugs, you know, available. It wasn't like a like a movie or anything, but there was like you could always get some drugs if you needed to or whatever. But that's so crazy to me to think about being like young and, and, and just being a kid and then the parents coming down, the people that are the least the way that you've been taught, supposed to be like, Hey guys, you know, you know, we're we're not gonna do this. We're we're gonna live a different way. But then instead there's like Sweet, let me grab one. You know, it's just, yeah, like, just passing it. it with you.
1: Did that set something in you as a 15-year-old um, to see an adult kind of reaffirm that action in you?
2: Yeah, because it was one of those things where it's like drugs were always the kid thing to me at the time. Yeah, And so it's like, man, it's like adults are into this too, so it must not be that bad. It must be actually pretty all right. It's crazy. Or like worth holding on to for that long a life. Yeah. Wow. So it's wow. just like it really shapes your view of it like immediately. And then later on, like, I was just, those are the people that I would do everything with. And it's yeah. because it was a safe environment to do those things. You knew that no matter who walked in the house, it was okay to be doing whatever you were doing. Wow. wow. And so it's just like it, you know, if we were, me and my friends were like smoking weed at the house or doing something at the house, like, it'd be like, oh, like, well, your parents here, you know, who's here, Da da da. da. but there it was like, oh, cool. Like, could your dad get us some? Cause we're out. Right. And so just like, it like, kind of enables you to step into that even
0: deeper than you would have if like the household was different, I guess. Absolutely. That's insane. So, I mean, obviously with having that safe house and even having like your own personal adult supplier, which is crazy to think about, but obviously a lot more normal than we think just because, you know, there's a lot of people that didn't grow up the way that Drew and I did yeah. in Christian home and being involved in ministry and stuff like that. But, um, So, I mean, Seth, did that, obviously that enabled you at the time, but did that really bleed over into the rest of your high school and, like, early adult years? I mean. Yeah, because it was actually, uh, I was homeschooled through
2: 10th grade, and my sister was my best and closest friend, and then she moved away. My mom was traveling a lot with her, and my dad was working full time, so there's just a lot of time where I was still homeschooled, schooling myself, but I was just bored as could be, sitting by myself a lot. I was like, man, I was like, you know, what can I do to pass the time? And then just in searching out different friends and things like that, I started developing these like new habits. And so then kind of like in a weird way, you realize like it's less about the drug and more about like what you're treating, I think is a good way to think about it. It's like, I was missing my best friend who was my sister who I'd never really like got to see anymore. And then just started diving into like drugs cause it was convenient. It was a time passer. And then just going into high school, um, it wasn't even like I don't know. You don't even want to view it badly, but like it was just something everyone did. And it's like that's the age. It's like the age of innocence is like getting lower and lower. Like the, the way that kids are introduced to it. Like I couldn't even drive a car before I was smoking weed, so it's like you couldn't go get your own. But it's like the universe, or say I'm giving finger quotes, yeah. like yeah. brought me a someone who would just supply it, even though I couldn't drive. That's wow. crazy.
1: That is insane. I have read uh, actually a article today that said 90% of teenagers that are drug addicts never seek like professional help in it or never, never get out of it. Yeah. And, um, you see that being true,
2: man. I think that's so true is because like nobody views it as wrong. It's just an outlet that people do. And it's like, um, we've kind of diminished the bad in it, I think. And it's one thing to like see as legalistically bad, but like, there's things that are legal. Like, you could even see like alcohol is a drug. Like, people are abusing that. Sure. Um, you could see anything that you're like using to fill a void. I think is considered a drug. Like you said, you know, drugs are specifically something that like alters your your consciousness. But yeah. I think drugs are anything that you're using to like pacify a void that's there. Because like for serious. me, like um, going through high school and like trying to develop new friends, I didn't really talk to anybody like the first year of school just because I was like the quiet homeschooled kid, and like not really getting to talk to my sister anymore, just because what I was getting into, I was like, eh, I was like, I don't really need like that close connection because yeah. she would have been like, you know, why are you doing this stuff? Yeah. But it's just like I was filling that void of just, I wanted to feel something, feel close to people, and it's like that's what we did to be close. Like I, we, there was not a time we didn't hang out that we weren't doing something. Wow. Like that was what we were centered around. Was like, do you want to come make some weed brownies, go see <laughs> The Hobbit, and just chill, or like, do you want to go to this concert? I have this. With me, like, let's go. It's like that was every single interaction. It's like it's dumb because, like, now every single one of those memories is like a little foggy and hazy to me. Yeah, yeah. Or like blurred together. Is wow.
1: Is Weed and The
2: Hobbit a good Weed date? Um, <laughs> it's it's a lot like Netflix is that and Chills. Just Weed and The <laughs> yeah. Hobbit, man. He
1: walks on the screen and you're high. And you're man, like, who is that guy? Not He's even like, kidding.
2: God, not to make light God, of the situation. But t- <laughs> there's this scene in The Hobbit where they're, where they're going ham and I forget what the. The Elvish lady's name is Gladriel or something like that, and she is fighting off like Sauron or something. Obviously, my memory is hazy on this. But I'm sitting there with my friends and my buddy looks over and he goes, This is the scariest thing I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> He's like, We gotta get out of here, we gotta go. <laughs> it's gonna cover the screen. And we
2: saw it in 3D, so you know we were oh, feeling some God, type God, of way. The five year olds are like, <laughs> Yeah! You're like, This
1: is freaking me out.
2: But not like That's crazy. And man. then after we were reminiscing on the fact that my other two friends
0: just slept through the whole thing. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. So it's just like, it reacts to everyone differently, but... That's insane. So let me ask you, like, obviously, it wasn't all bad memories that came out of it. Like, you probably had a lot of fun in some of those instances, right? Yeah, like, truthfully, those moments were like, I still crack up thinking about that story. Because it just heightens
2: your yeah, sense Yeah, it heightens of your, like, everything. Like, I'm not even, like, a super laughy person. But anytime I would be smoking with my friends, my cheeks would just hurt. Because yeah. I was smiling yeah. so hard. And, like, it allows you to go down those avenues that you don't normally. Yeah. And that's why it gives you this, like, false perception of something you're feeling. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, like, it almost, like, paves the way for you. And it's like in these times where I was super bummed because my sister left. I'm in a new school. Like, I don't really chat with my parents anymore. I'm out late every night. It's like, it let me feel happy again. And it's like a real false sense of happiness, but it's just like, you perceive it as happiness because you're cracking up with your
0: friends. Sure. Let me ask you this. Um, There's a really mixed standpoint on weed just compared to just the U.S. in general. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of things that people would consider if weed's a gateway and kind of like a starter drug past that, that a lot of people would say, I think it's pretty collectively that people think these things are probably not great to do. Mm. Um, do you think, has there ever been like things in your life where you've kind of went past that and and, like, what was weed a gateway drug to you? Man,
2: that's a hard one. I think it's a gateway choice Mm. because I never really drank a lot. Um, coming from a family who like the problem was drinking and like every male before you was berated on the fact of like, Oh, they got drunk and did this. Mm. Like, that was a stigma to me. I was like, God, like, I'm not doing that. But then I was like, oh, I'll smoke weed. Like, I just chill out and hang with the boys. But then in that, it brought me around people who were doing other drugs. It's like, then you would go to a concert and you're just, like, speeding. You're taking, like, Vivance, which isn't, like, ADHD medicine. But you're taking it at a rate that, like, makes you feel like you can remember everything. Like, you're the movie Limitless or something. Like, we would make jokes about that's how we felt. When in reality, we're just awake is all that we were but it's just i think it kind of is a gateway and some people stop at that like some people that i know that's all they do and they're like yeah i never did anything but for someone like me who like has an addictive personality i'm always like up for the next like hype or high yeah because like your tolerance to those things um raises as well like as you're smoking weed it takes more weed to get to that same point that you were right and so it's like you reach this peak of like, oh man, like this is the perfect high. It's like, cool. I had to smoke one joint to get there, feeling good. And like two weeks later, it takes you two joints to get there. A little bit later, like you're smoking three and you're like, I don't even feel this anymore. Hmm. And it's like, there, I would say like two years of my life where I never went more than like a month without smoking at all. Wow. And then like a full year of my life where I probably smoked every single day, like once or twice a day. That's crazy. And like that was the one that I just held to the most because it was the most easily attainable wherever you were. Yeah. Um, even in moving states like it was easy to find and it's the one that just like gives you the f- gives you the falsest happiness I think I would say like it does affect everyone differently like people have different views on it but in the same sense like you could look at like alcohol is in the same way affecting people's lives in the way that weed affected mine
1: sure All right. how, how far do you think that that this is like a two part question how, how far down that road did you go of ser- searching for highs and then what was the turning point
2: Hmm. That's a good one. Um, Weed was the start. And then I really like, that's a downer. Like sometimes you just want to chill out, like listen to chill music. And then I started getting into a lot of speeds that just like, um, every interaction is just heightened. Like the feeling of your skin is heightened. Mm. Um, like the sounds that you're hearing are heightened. Like everything, tastes are all heightened. And I started really loving those because as an apathetic person in the time, like the reason like I started getting into drugs, I think was a source of like apathy that I hadn't addressed. Mm. Is like the things in my life, I was like, I just don't want to feel any of that. And then the things that I do want to feel, I want to smoke weed and do drugs with my friends so that I can emulate this sense of feeling because I've been numbing myself to everything else. It's like, you yeah. can't numb yourself to just bad. You have to numb yourself to everything. Sure. And so it's giving me that like false sense of good. And so I started doing like a lot of speed with my friends and like going to music festivals and staying up pretty much the whole time just because you're using drugs to keep you awake. Wow. Sleeping like an hour or two each night, hopping right back up and going to see something the next day. And it's like, that was just like a, a lifestyle that we started to live. It's like every interaction was based in that. I think the turning point was, it's a weird one. Like a lot of people's lives like fall apart and like sadly, not even sadly, but like, I've been blessed where my life never really fell apart and but I fell apart mm-hmm. and my interaction and my relationships with my family started to fall apart. Like there was an entire like year where my sister and I didn't even talk and we were best friends until that point. Oh, wow. And so it's like I think what really started to like get me is um I quit reading, which is a silly thing, but I love to read because I wouldn't remember what I was reading. I would smoke so often, like, I wasn't even remembering what I was reading. I wouldn't watch TV shows because I never really remembered. Like, Mm -hmm. the moments that you're doing drugs are fantastic, truthfully. Like, I hate to say that, but it's like they're heightened and there's nothing like them. But the lifestyle that has to surround them is deprived in every sense. I wasn't creating memories that well. Everything was foggy. And I remember sitting in my apartment and I was packing a bowl to smoke some weed and just chill on the porch and play guitar. And I all of a sudden just decided I didn't want it anymore. Just in the snap of a finger, I was like, why am I doing this? That was the turning point for you? Yeah, because I had been addressing all these ideas of like, man, like I don't feel genuine emotions. The only time I feel like I'm smiling and laughing is when I'm smoking. The only time I feel like I'm enjoying myself is when I'm speeding with my friends and like hanging, like listening to music or something like that. And as someone who loves to play guitar and loves to hang out and play music with my friends, I would only do it when I was doing drugs. Wow. And so it's like not only did it like rob me of the memories I was creating, but it put all my like ability to create memories in this box of you can only create when you're doing these things. Mm. And so like someone who wants to be a creative, like I was kind of crutching my creativity on that. Yeah, and so I noticed like how apathetic I really was getting and how much drugs it was taking to like make me feel anything and I just didn't really want that anymore I was like you know I was like I want something that's genuine I want something that's real like I want to be able to call my sister and remember what we talked about Yeah, it's like things like that of just like evaluating how I interacted with the people around me I think is what really like made me realize like man like this is not benefiting me in any way and it came in a weird point in my life where like I was cutting out social media, I was cutting out TV, I was cutting out time I spent in things that I wouldn't remember. And so it's like, that was the the point of all of it. Like, that was the centerpiece that I was refusing to let go because it, like, defined me, you know? It's like, people still, I'll be going downtown... And they'll stop me and be like, do you know where you can find some drugs? Like maybe I just look like that guy. <laughs> but like maybe I'm the drug looking guy. But like that was me. Like that was a piece of my personality. It's like if you need drugs, go find Seth or like his friends. Like that's the circle. Yeah. And it's like uh, if you want to like try some, you should go hang out with them because they're always doing this. Wow. And it's like we became that. And it's like our memories were like, oh yeah. And then we did all this that night. it's like that was sometimes more of the memory than anything. And it's like the drug that you did rather than what you were doing. And so it's like I kinda wanted to break myself
0: of that. Wow, man, that was incredible. Like that story was so raw and obviously our listeners are only listening, but for me to like physically watch you tell that, I could just just yeah. see how pure and how true it was, just yeah, totally. like pouring out of him. Um so obviously you, you told about the time that you struggled with it, you know, all the way from starting to 15, all the way up until, I mean, what would you say? How, how long ago?
2: Oh gosh, like six months ago, if that.
0: Wow. So six months ago, so you struggled with it for, you know, six, seven years. And then you have, now you're coming out on the other side. What would you say for the person that was, that was Seth, that was in your position mm-hmm. two years ago, but they really want to get out? They're like, I feel the way that Seth did. I just, I don't know what to do. Like, what would you say? To, how how would you oh, help man. that person? That's good. I want to choose my words wisely on that one.
2: Yeah. Um, I think the most dangerous thing that people think is like, what causes addiction in whatever you do? And people will say it's the source of whatever you're addicted to. So like the person who's addicted to heroin, heroin is what caused their addiction. The person who, although weed is not addictive, Like, chemically, it's addictive, emotionally, habitually, and, like, ritualistically. Um, So they would say weed is what's causing that. But I think, like, and this sounds so, like, cheesy, but I'll, like, elaborate on it, of the sense of, like, the thing that breaks addiction the most is going to be connection. Hmm. Like, this sounds silly, but, like, I love articles like this where there's a doctor who put a rat in a cage, and he gave him two bottles of water. One was just water... And the other was half water and like the other part was laced with heroin or cocaine. Wow. And every single time they put a rat in the cage, it would OD and kill itself on the water that was laced. And they're like, oh, well, yep. anytime drugs are an option, the person is going to kill themselves. So like the option of drugs is bad. But then a more clever scientist came along and he said, well, yeah, he says, you're always putting the rat by themselves. And he decided that he says, I'm going to make you know, rat park. He says, I'm gonna give them the best rat place. There's gonna be <laughs> balls, there's gonna be like, there's gonna be tunnels. They're just gonna be seven. so many friends yeah. and like all this stuff. And in that environment, with both water bottles still available, none of the rats OD'd. Wow. wow. And so I think it's like this idea of like, cause I mean, if you think about it, like heroin is obviously bad. Yeah. Let's preface that. But like diamorphine, which you get in the hospital if you break a limb, is like the most deluxe heroin. And like grandma doesn't come out of the hospital after getting her hip replaced and like be scruffing the streets for like some heroin. Yeah. Like that's the thing <laughs> she's is like, like
0: let me get some diamorphine. Yeah. She's like let me. She's, you got five bucks? Like just, <laughs> just
2: scratching around. And it's like I don't want to make light of that, but that's true. Is like the environment that you're in will pick the habits that you choose. Sure. And so it's like so dangerous that people always want to focus on the don'ts. Like oh well don't don't do that man. Like that's bad. And like we push people out. Like when you're better come back. It's like there's churches I've been pushed out of. There's friend groups I've been pushed out of. And so obviously I'm going to run to the friend group that supports my struggles and like not even supports them, but accepts me in them at least. And so like in a weird way, I want to talk to the people who aren't struggling with that of like be open-minded and be accepting because people's struggles and people's sins are just different than your own. Yeah. But to the person who's in it, I would say um, first if, you're only quitting or giving up on this like addiction for the people around you and like for their opinion of you i truthfully wouldn't quit because like that's not a good reason to quit um but if you are ready to like get out of those things and start working past them i would start like addressing the source like jump into a lot of introspection of like why am i doing these things because like mine like i said was because i wanted to feel i wanted to enjoy things that i was doing I think you can get addicted to a lot of things, whether it be substance-based or even time-based. Like People get addicted to people because they don't want to be by themselves. So I would say just truthfully start looking into why you're doing the things that you're doing and heal those
0: things and focus on the do's rather than the don'ts that everyone else is um, feeding you. To be honest, actually, you and I talked about it personally, and I think that something that is so important is to really look at the basics and look at everything that we're going through in life and realize that, if we do want that, if we want to get better, if we want to get to a new place in our life, we always have to look and see where our where our foundation is laying. And if we're not standing on a place that is pushing us towards a better relationship with Jesus, pushing us towards um, a stronger walk, then then what are we, you know, what are we actually doing? I mean, you you've had that physically change your life as well, right? Oh, a hundred percent. I think my biggest like step of movement that
2: I kind of talked about is like. I was struggling with pornography and weed at the last thing was like the two things that I could not beat. Hmm. And I would wake up every single day and say like, all right, checklist, no weed, no pornography this morning. And it would be like, that's the first thing I thought about in the morning. So obviously I'm going to be now tempted and thinking about those things. But instead, when I started like really diving in, like with the people around me, like you and I had so many good conversations of like, you know, you just need to start praying that like the layers of your heart are peeled back so you can start to feel again. Yeah. And like with that and just, like, waking up every day, like, what should I do rather than focusing on what I shouldn't do? So, like, I should get up and just greet the morning as good because every morning is a gift. Yeah. And I should read. whether Even if it's, like, not a the Bible, like, read something that's worth. Like, I've loved reading C.S. Lewis, things like that that have just, like, it's a great mentality to pick up. So, it's, like, be that. And now I've been praying that I would have, you know, all these emotions. And I'm crying watching my grandparents dance in the family room. Like, <laughs> things like that. Like, yeah, you start yeah. feeling all these things and then you... <laughs> Be careful what you pray for,
1: man. I love every single bit that you just shared. I, I love like where you are now, kind of where you were, and this is like recent. Like this, you said six months ago, so I know that yeah. you're still going through a lot of just getting rid of those things in your life. And um, I love seeing you now because I'm I've known the Seth now since I, I've been here for about eight months, and we didn't meet till a few months ago. So I know the the Seth that the Lord's creating right now. And that's huge, and I think community is a big thing. Like the rat analogy for me, like blew my mind. Yeah, and, but so I, cool. I believe that. Like I believe that that's true. And um, just thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for taking your time yeah, to absolutely. talk to us about that. I think our listeners are gonna love every bit of that.
0: Yeah, we appreciate that so much, um, guys. And then if it's something that you personally have struggled with in your life, if you've struggled with drugs um, or anything of that sort, and you need any type of prayer or someone to talk to, like we said in the beginning of this episode. Uh, Drew and I haven't had a lot of experience in that realm. Uh, but we do know how to pray for you and we do know how to be there for you. So if you need any type of help with that, please DM us on our page, send us an email, you know, whatever you want to do. We would just love to talk to you and spend time with you through it because we know it's hard and we know it's a really quick way for you to feel alone. Um, when you are, when you don't actually have someone to go through things with. So um, yeah, we, we love you guys so much. We have one more thing to do. You know what it is? You already know what it is. <laughs> we know. Right before we leave, it's called Totally True, true tales. tales. Here's the thing Drew and I aren't the only people that have Totally True Tales. There's people in the world that have Totally True Tales. There's a total. Totally and, and it doesn't matter how crazy, you know, obviously Drew and my Totally True Tales sound really crazy, but they're true. And there's other people that have crazy, crazy tales, too. Totally. And to be honest, Seth is going to be the one to tell one of his totally true tales today. So what Seth is going to talk about. I'm really excited. He's going to talk about the time that he woke up uh, and his hair had been completely braided and matted um, by a pack of elvish weevils. Man, those weevils. I'm so glad you asked about that because uh,
2: I haven't shared this story in a good long time. Um, it was actually me and my buddy Marcus, yeah. Marcus Waterby. Um, we actually went to South America to do ayahuasca, and it was <laughs> I insane. Thought that was <laughs> and you know, we're sipping some tea with this shaman, and the things we saw and the things we learned were just incredible. What were and, some of the things you learned, man? Well, first I learned how to braid my own hair, fishtailed reverse 360, which is <laughs> wow. a, one that a lot of Pinterest girls don't even know about yet. They it hasn't made, made its way. i
1: heard of that one. I don't even know how to type that in. No,
2: You shouldn't. Um, and so that's the best part, though, is after this, we wake up in the morning and we're wearing nothing but fig leaves, not even native to that region, which is <laughs> insane. That's an <laughs> Adam and Eve type crap. Yeah, I'm telling you, like weaved with our own hair. Wow. Shaved sides, and the sides of my hair that they shaved off is also what they weave these fig leaf loincloths out of. What wow. Else? So um, it was
0: actually fig hair. Yeah.
2: So it was kind of crazy. My buddy Marcus so Waterby, leaves, Uh right. didn't even have a very large leaf that he needed weaved. And wow, so we that's were cool. having so much fun, though, when I wake up only to find my hair. Was triple three sixty reverse braided and matted, which is one that I hadn't even learned on the trip. Yeah, that's so. I left it that way for thirteen years,
0: <laughs> not days. <laughs>
2: Only yeah. thirteen years, just so that I would be able to focus on it. Um, I bought two mirrors so that I could reverse look at it. Yeah, and well, <laughs> so just so I could Big look reverse. back at it. And honestly, I just that was the best day of my life. Wow. Did that's you ever really find cool. the weevils? No, there. That's the thing is you can't see them unless you're a kid. So um, by the time I had noticed that my hair had been that way for 13 years, I never searched for the So wow. I know. It was Question.
0: Warm. Do you think, I know it's totally true, t- true tales and totally true. lie here, but do I you would've. think any of that was, you know, exaggerated from, from the high of being on that drug?
2: Oh, absolutely not. Cause I was actually afraid to do ayahuasca. So I was just sipping green tea the whole time.
0: It wasn't even, so it wasn't even real for him. Wow. That Marcus is, is yeah, Marcus, Marcus,
2: I haven't seen him since.
0: <laughs> Marcus actually never made it he back. He didn't make it back. To be honest, wow, that was incredible. Well, we appreciate Seth's time on the show. It's been amazing. That was great, yeah. We love it. Seth, have a little send-off. Thank you guys so much. It was great to be here and thank you for having me. Couch Control. Drew, thank you for having me, even though hey, we have each other. We well, have each other. <laughs> We're married to girls. <laughs> to girls. But we have we it. talked about that in broadcast before?
1: It. We got to quit.